two, one. One of the greatest philosophers of our time once said that when it's up, then it's stuck. Find out how to make your next big idea stick with Dion Brown and his podcast. With 20 years of experience in growing and managing businesses and brands at the highest level, Dion is having the conversations that you are looking for. Welcome and have a great time. All right, guys. So we're back. And why don't we welcome to the podcast, Magic Barclay. Magic, how are you doing? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. That's awesome. So listen, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and your story and how you came up with holistic natural health in the ways that you've been utilizing your business and tell us a little bit about your podcast. Sure. Well, my background, my history, whoa, lots of childhood trauma leading me into really not loving myself. So I had anorexia, um, you know, kind of survived on one meal a week, lots of champagne, lots of coffee. And I did that till I got pregnant. And then I went, hang on, can't do this now. But because I didn't have a relationship with self and I certainly didn't like my body because I kept trying to make it thinner, 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 I got fatter, 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 didn't I? So, you know, having a kid kind of does that to you when you add another kid into the mix and then you realize that you've gone from looking like olive oil from Popeye to the blueberry girl on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you realize there's something going on. There's, there's a problem. And the problem was not knowing who I was, not having a relationship with myself. I could never learned that as a kid and really taking it out on my body. And you mentioned body dysmorphia. So that's what it left me with. But that wasn't the only present it left me with. Going up and down in weight, really worrying about what my outside looked like, I ignored the inside. And I'd created so much stress, so much high cortisol, the stress hormone, that I could no longer get the body that I wanted. Because cortisol was driving the ship, not me. So I now have body dysmorphia. And you know what? It's really hard to look in a mirror. And the thoughts that are created by looking in a mirror cause more stress, which cause more illness. And, you know, I can't even go shopping for clothes without having to take a trusted friend with me to, you know, really call it as it is. Like you look good, don't look good because I can't see it. So that's one thing. People going back to work after the pandemic, you know, whatever it looks like going back to social situations, you've kind of lost that sense of self-navigation. And you just have to kind of grab yourself by the shoulders, shake yourself and go, look, I am what I am. It's what is on the inside that matters, not what you're projecting on the outside. So there's one part of the equation. I mentioned high cortisol. That left me with a lot of health conditions. And some of them were deemed terminal by mainstream medicine. And so I really had to dive down the rabbit hole and look at how to heal myself naturally, ethically and sustainably. And that's why I created Holistic Natural Health Australia. So I work with a bunch of other practitioners and we look for root cause. What is causing the problem? So what caused my high cortisol? What caused my audio my autoimmune disorders, you know, what caused everything? It didn't just happen. It wasn't my body just deciding that it wouldn't work properly. So what was it? 
So that's what we do. We look for root cause, we treat root cause, we ignore the symptoms because they, they're just messages. Not that we ignore them, but we don't treat them. We listen to them, but we don't treat them. We treat systems of the body. Wow. So that's interesting. Uh, so you had a lot going on in your body. You had a lot of issues, a lot of concerns, and uh, but you still found yourself being empowered to form this business, right? And um, a lot of folks probably wouldn't. A lot of folks would approach uh, the fact that they had these pre-existing or developed uh, illnesses and think, woe is me. Uh, they would uh, possibly double down into the things that led them to the space that they're in. So my question to you is, what really got you in the space to really be empowered and form this business? And, and what did that journey look like for you, right? Like what was the journey from being ill to finding yourself in a space where you ultimately could advocate not only for you, but for others who may not have had access to information, to resources, to opportunities, to alternate ideas and medicines where they could actually uh, do the same thing. Like what was that path like where you started, where you did. Yeah, well, look, it was um, it was kind of a bit of a roller coaster, and I went mainstream medicine at first, and that didn't work for me. So I had a surgery that just didn't work. Well, you know, the surgery itself worked, but it left me with other problems. So here I was going to correct an issue, and more issues popped up. So, you know, that was kind of the start of it. Well, if mainstream medicine can't fix it, why do I need to do that? I need to look at a way that can actually address the issue. And so that's oh. what I did. I, I threw myself in there. And I can see where you would want to throw yourself in it, right? Uh, but let's, for the sake of this conversation, uh, break this down into a timeline, right? Just for perspective. So... Let's start with the birth of your first child. When did that happen? So I had my first child in 1999. I had my second child in 2002. And I felt like something was wrong the whole time. Like I kept feeling unwell. And, and I know a lot of folks can resonate with that, right? This idea that we just know something isn't right. So how did you find yourself involved with holistic natural health? Well, actually not until about four years ago. So about 2017, 2018, that's when Holistic Natural Health Australia came about. But I was kind of on that path for about five years before that. So, you know, 2012, 2013, I found out that I had cancer. I found out that I had diabetes found out that I'd contracted Lyme disease. You know, there was all this stuff going on. I had Cushing syndrome, like a lot of stuff going on. And that's what kind of put me on the path of natural health. You know, a few years later, I found Holistic Natural Health Australia. And that was a godsend for me. 
because I could actually study what was going on. I could really find out what was behind everything. So I want to break down for a second who actually benefits from holistic natural health. Now, I know that there must be some uh, conditions where uh, working with a holistic person benefits the patient and creates room for them to live a longer, healthier life. But are there specific uh, conditions, illnesses, uh, circumstances where uh, working with a holistic uh, approach is more beneficial or less beneficial uh, to the patient? Because I know some folks out there are, uh, you know, focused on Western medicine, but possibly looking for an alternative to it, right? And so how would I know if I fit that bill? Well, usually it's kind of, you know, you see the mainstream medical and maybe you're not getting answers or maybe you are getting answers that don't sound right. Or maybe they're trying things that have other conditions associated so when we use mainstream medicine and some naturopathic doctors they treat with reductionism right so they isolate the symptom they isolate a system of the body they look at you know xyz is one problem you kind of want to go more natural more holistic if you want to get to the root cause as i said rather than treating the one problem why is this happening how did this happen what factors are behind it, what other systems of the body are involved. And, you know, so that's kind of how it goes with Holistic Natural Health Australia is that we look at the big picture. If you're feeling unheard, if you're feeling dismissed, if you're feeling disillusioned by what you've tried before, then, you know, seek a different route. Seek something that's going to give you maybe a lot more answers, maybe it'll raise a lot more questions, but it'll start you on the path of really finding out what's going on. So first, I want to acknowledge, because I have a question around this, uh, and I imagine some other folks do, I want to acknowledge uh, that uh, there are in every practice, in every philosophy, uh, those who embody all of the best perspectives uh, best practices, uh, most knowledgeable um, for what that thing needs to provide, right? Uh, but we also know that there are individuals for whom, you know, it, it's this is a get rich type of plan, right? Where they are, um, you know, just out there peddling ideas and thoughts, diets and herbs in the hopes of making money. Now, I believe that those people sit uh, as outliers. I think that the majority of any methodology, practice, uh, medicine are, um, are comprised of people who ultimately want what's best uh, for humanity, for their community, for others. But I think it would be uh, careless not to recognize that there are some folks who really are just going to jump on the wave of something new, of something fringe, of something innovative, and try to use that thing in order to fund their life without actually caring about those 
uh, folks that that thing affects, right? And so there's a lot of news about you know folks who have uh, frauded or just kind of you know said that something worked for them and it didn't. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on folks who do that? That's actually a great thing that you're raising there. Great point. And that is that, you know, mainstream like to label everything. So they label one thing, but it's often not that problem that they're saying. They kind of, you know, give you a label and shut you down because they've done their job now. They've given it a name. Most of the time they'll say it's your fault. Most of the time they might say it's idiopathic, so there's no known cause. Hey, look, the tests are all negative. We don't know what's behind it. You know, so it'll just go away. Or if it doesn't, we'll just deal with it because we don't know what's causing it. It's idiopathic. It's all in your mind or we don't know what the cause is. And that's kind of as far as they go sometimes. So when you're looking for a more holistic route, you don't stop at the label. You don't stop and go, well, this is what they said I had. I'll accept that. You've kind of got to go, well, I no, I don't want to accept this. This is not my life. I am not that label. I am not that collection of symptoms. I need to know why. I need to know how. I need to know what. You know, and I need all the, the basic questions answered. And, you know, that's kind of what pushes people into a more holistic route is why is this happening? Now, in marketing, there's, you know, a thing called the five times why. Why do you want this? But why? But why? But why? And you have to kind of do the five times why for your health as well. And you have to go, well, no, I'm not accepting the label. I'm not stopping there. I'm not accepting that these symptoms are there. I'm not stopping there. Why is it happening? What's causing it? And, you know, you really have to be, I think it was Tony Robbins that said, be your own guru. You, you actually have to be your own health expert too. And I think you raise a great point about self-investigation, uh, getting uh, second and third opinions about what's going on, doing research and your own due diligence to understand exactly what's happening in your body and generally being informed, right? Like, and not maybe to the point where we become um, folks that are steeped in looking at WebMD or other websites to self-diagnosis to the point that um, we become obsessed with creating conditions that may or may not exist for us. I do think that we should be informed uh, patients that come to our healthcare providers with as much information, as much background uh, as possible, right? So this is my family health. This is what uh, our conditions that uh, occur in our family. I think we, we all agree that we need all of that. I think more so what I'm speaking to when I asked that question previously is about folks who uh, say that uh, this diet, this herb, uh, this thing has cured a condition, right? Whether it's uh, cancer, obesity, whatever that thing is. And then you find out that the person didn't actually have that thing, right? And and really they're just doing it for the purpose of, of making money. 
And so it's, it's less maybe about the, the healthcare provider maybe trying to run up your insurance bill, but really, you know, the folks out there that are, are using the holistic community, the holistic methodology um, to fund their lives without actually uh, having uh, experienced what that thing really does for them. I've seen it on the news. I know the audience has seen it on the news. And I kind of want you to speak specifically to that and just help us to understand your perspective. Oh, 100% there's some charlatans out there. Like here in Australia, we had some chick that said she cured her cancer. She never even had cancer. Like, you know, there are those people out there. What I would say to the listeners is you need to go with a practitioner that has actually had the struggle. You know, the struggle is real. It's right out there. Maybe they're still struggling, but they need to be honest with you. So all of our practitioners are still on their journeys. So they're not going to say they're 100% well because they're not. They're still dealing with it. And they'll be quite open with you about that. You know, you really have to look at what treatment are these people telling you, right? So these fakes, let's just call them fake. Um, you know, what are what is the treatment that they're prescribing? Is there science-backed data behind it, right? What are they treating? Are they treating a condition? Are they treating a label? And are the treatments possibly creating side effects or is something going on there? You've got to look at what are they saying? Why are they saying it? And call them on it. Just say, I want research. I want data. So all of our practitioners, if you ask them, why do you suggest I do this, this, and this? First of all, everything they're prescribing is natural. So it's not going to cause any problems. Second of all, they're not going to take you off your medications because they can't do that. Your doctor has to do that. The person that put you on the meds has to do that, right? And third of all, if you say, can I see an article, they're going to dig up articles on PubMed or Lancet Journal, and they're going to give you the education behind it. They're going to back themselves with real data. And so these fakes out there can't do that. Right? If they say they cured their cancer or whatever, first of all, you can't. You can put it in remission. You can't cure it. Our practitioners will never say, yes, we can cure what you're dealing with, right? We're looking for root cause. So what we're going to do is put it back into it, the root cause into a latent state. So like a viral particle, you can never get rid of it. Once it's there, it's there. And you don't want to get rid of it because if you get rid of it totally, then your body can't create antibodies to it, right? So we're never going to say, hey, we can cure something because you cannot do that. So if the listeners are coming across practitioners that are saying, yes, I can cure cancer or yes, I can cure diabetes or, you know, whatever, call them on it and just say, but I heard you actually can't cure these things, but you can put them back into a latent state. You've really got to call these people out on, on what they're saying. So you listed a few things that you had going on health-wise in your life. Uh, I just want to ask, uh, for the sake of really kind of uh, incapping your journey, how are you doing? Like, how are you doing on all the things that you had to overcome? Yeah, so I had cancer. My cancer is in remission. 
but I constantly check my markers. So every two years I will check my cancer markers because I know there's a reason why my body created a cancer. So I've treated the reason I haven't treated the cancer, right? So I keep an eye on that because as I said, you can't cure these things. You can put them back in their box and say, right, I don't need to deal with you. But you can't say it's gone forever. You have to be realistic. Okay, my diabetes. I didn't cure my diabetes. I controlled my blood sugars. I controlled my insulin resistance by treating what was behind it. But as I said earlier in this episode, I've got high cortisol. Now, cortisol is not only the major stress hormone, it's also a sugar. So I can check my blood sugars and they can be really high. And I can look back at my diary and go, wow, the past two months have been crazy. No wonder my blood sugars are high. right? And I can treat the pathway that's creating that problem. Have I cured diabetes? No, but I can put it back into a latent state. So, you know, this is kind of where you have to listen to what these practitioners are saying. If they say, hey, I cured everything, question them. So I love this conversation, but I want to switch gears a bit just to broaden what we're talking about, okay? Um, so I, in the opening of this episode, I said, maybe we'll give you some uh, holistic items that you should have in your house or possibly keep in your fridge or have in your bathroom, right? Like what are like three to five must-have items for overall well-being? What should folks have on deck in their home, you know, just to support um, their overall health, you know, whether whatever the markers are, if it's energy, if it's, you know, having a balance in homeostasis in your gut or digestive system, if it's clarity uh, of the mind, I don't know. I don't know what, what folks need out here. I know I need a bunch, but um, what are three to five things that, that you would suggest uh, people have in their homes that are holistic that they may not have currently? Yeah, look, great question. The first thing is essential oils. You've got to have good quality essential oils in your home. Now, here in Australia, we have two brands. I'm sure you've got them in the US too, doTERRA and Young Living. They're the only two that I recommend because they're ingestible, right? You can put them on your skin. You can drink them. You can put them in your food to add to your cooking flavors. You can diffuse them around the house. You can use them in cleaning products around your house. So, you know, they've just got multifaceted benefits. And essential oils are so microscopic in their particles that they cross the blood-brain barrier. Nothing else can do that. So if you're dealing with something like brain inflammation, you want these guys. You know, they can get into your cells, so they're intracellular, and they can really help you with the root cause. So that's one thing. Good quality essential oils is a must-have. Now, the second thing is good old vitamin C. You need a complex vitamin C that includes rutin. Why? Because your adrenals need vitamin C to make your hormones, right, and to keep you from the big bad cortisol monster that I deal with. So you've got to have vitamin C. That is not an old wives' tale that you need vitamin C. The best place to get vitamin C is fruit. So you have citrus fruit. 
not your bottled orange juice that you get at the gas station, real citrus fruit, right? It's also good, ladies, for your your front bags. <laughs> we have a word here in Australia. We're going to say it, boobs. It's good for your boobs, okay? Guys, it's good for your eyes as well, so you're not left out. But you actually need vitamin C to keep your hormonal cycles, your endocrine cycles going. So there's two things, essential oils and vitamin C. And the third thing is non-toxic water. So you want to invest in a really good water filter because tap water is full of stuff that is dangerous for you, full of toxins, okay? And so you want a good quality water filter because you've got to drink water. Now, guess what? Drinking plain water won't do anything for you. So all these people that sit there drinking plain water, you're wasting your time. Your body can't actually absorb it. You will become dehydrated just drinking plain water. So you want to put like a piece of lime or a piece of lemon or a piece of orange in there. You want to put a couple of drops of good quality essential oils in there. You also want to put a little bit of salt in there. And you want to do what's called structuring the water so that your cells can absorb it because that is so important. So there's your three things, your essential oils, your vitamin C, preferably in food form, and a good water filter. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, I think that's going to be useful. Now, I do want to ask you to just clarify a bit for anyone who's going to go out there and get essential oils. You know, what's that company again, just so that they have it uh, and can find it online. So can you provide that name again? Also, you know, let's let's dive into to what essential oils someone can get. So I know like peppermint, spear, mint, uh, lavender. I know there's citrus. I know there's a bunch of different types of essential oils. So maybe why don't you give us some of the ones you like? Yeah, for sure. So the companies that I use are doTERRA and Young Living. Now, I use doTERRA all the time. So some basics, frankincense is a must-have. Great to put on the soles of your feet. You can absorb it. It's, you know, if you're religious, it was one of the three oils that the wise men brought along. Clearly, I'm not religious. But, you know, it's been around forever and it's just multifaceted. It's such a good oil. So frankincense is one. You mentioned lavender. That's great too. Not only does lavender help us sleep, but it's also known as liquid stitches. So if you cut yourself, you want to put some lavender oil on it straight away and you want to kind of just wipe it across the cut because not only is it going to help uh, disinfect the cut, but it's going to help seal the cut. It's going to encourage your skin to seal over. Okay. So in your first aid kit, you've got to have lavender oil. Now, lavender oil also helps calm your vagus nerve, which is your cranial nerve number 10, one of the, the biggest nerves you have in your body. And, you know, your nervous system is really complex, but the vagus nerve is behind a lot of problems that we see with people when it's not working properly or it's not stimulated properly or if it's overactive. So lavender oil helps your vagus nerve health. So it's got that as well. Now, another one you mentioned, peppermint. 
you know what, sometimes you just feel like you need to pick me up. You might be a little bit sluggish, a little bit tired. You might be feeling like you're coming down with something. Peppermint oil is brilliant for that. It's going to lift you up. It's going to pick you up. You know, it's one of those things that you can't smell peppermint oil and feel like you're going to have a bad day because it's just so brilliant. So you've got frankincense, which we call Frankie. You've got lavender. You've got peppermint. And you know what? One of the other things I really, really love is making a mix of oils, but I always love grapefruit. So grapefruit is great for getting your lymphatic system moving it's also a great pick me up because it's a citrus it's great for keeping your blood pressure in check and it's really great to replace some of those bathroom products with a mix of those four oils and if you add grapefruit in it just zings everything up it's brilliant all right cool so so let's talk about your podcast so um what are you talking about over there uh where can we find it uh let's let's dive into that for a bit so what 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 led you to start the podcast where can we find it and and give us a little uh maybe summary of what you're discussing so the podcast is a magical life health wealth and weight loss you can find it on buzzsprout and it's on all major platforms so apple podcast spotify you know you name it it's out there so look it up And what do we talk about? Well, health, wealth, and weight loss, as the title suggests. We kind of cover everything. And I have everyone from, you know, entrepreneurs to um, aromatherapists to nutritionists to, you know, think tank leaders, pretty much anyone comes on. And we talk about not just physical health, but emotional and spiritual with wealth we're not just talking finance but also emotional wealth uh we talk about weight loss because so many people battle their weight as i did and you know so we kind of cut through all the chatter and you get to hear a whole lot of people's perspectives on those three topics uh we dive into the niche of the guests as well so recently we had a guy on talking about scalar energy tom palladino and that was brilliant talking about you know the ancient wisdom about energy and then the next episode that i had on i had a guy talking about communication and brendan coming talking about communication for leaders for business leaders entrepreneurs so you know we cover a wide range of topics and you know it's always interesting what people come up with that sounds great. So listen, let's let's talk to an audience member right now who is going to go to uh, the podcast and check it out. They're going to check out Magical Life. And, um, and right now, today, they are battling with their own body image, right? And they just can't find the capacity to love the body that they're in. As someone who has struggled through that and who is now empowering individuals uh, to be equipped in their journey to live their best health, health life, their best healthy life. I think I like the best health life that are, 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 that are, that are, you know, struggling to live their best health life. What would you, what would you say to that person that's listening right now? That's struggling to be happy and to be whole in the body that they're in today. 
Look, the first thing I would say is who are you? You know, if someone had asked me that, even probably till recently, I would have said I was a mom and a business owner and a practitioner and a friend. But who are you? Right? Who, who is the essence of you? So for me now, I'm someone who's completely connected to themselves, connected to nature. I respect what my body's telling me. And, you know, that's who I am. I'm no longer just my labels. I'm, I guess, a source of energy. And so that's the first thing. Who are you? Work out who you are because your body is not who you are. Your body is just the outer casing, right? So the size that you are, how you look, that's not who you are. What do you stand for? That is who you are. So that's the first thing. The second thing would be stop beating yourself up. There's plenty of people out there that are prepared to do that for you for free. You know, there's always haters out there, no matter what you do, no matter what you look like. So stop putting that pressure on yourself. Respect yourself and say, wow, I've done, you know, this, this and this. I'm an amazing person. Now, if you're struggling with, you know, finding some positives that you can do for the world, then that's what you need to sit with. It's not what you see in the mirror that you need to sit with. So there's a couple of things just there. You know, body image and body dysmorphia, it's a slippery slope. It really is. You have to cut yourself off from what you see. All right, so... So you're saying that you need to sort of um, acknowledge uh, the way that you're showing up in the world in terms of your body, but you also need to almost divorce yourself from the negative emotions that and thoughts that you're attaching to that body so that you can ultimately live a happy life. 100%. Okay. You just hit the nail on the head there. Detaching from the emotions is super important because guess what? These emotions are going to lead to other problems and you stay in a negative emotion long enough, you're going to damage that body. So see your body for what it is. It's the vessel that holds your soul, right? And it's your soul that's important. Yes, you've got to fix the body. You've got to keep it healthy. You've got to learn to love the body but it's not the core of who you are. So what if I'm listening to this episode and I am an ally of a person that is struggling with their health and their body? Uh, how can I best support them? Because frankly, Magic, I, I see people who are trying to support maybe someone who's obese, maybe someone who's uh, struggling with maybe like diabetes, and I know it's coming from a place of love, but oftentimes they may not be communicating that love in a way that's, that will be well, well received by the intended party, right? So, you know, you might be trying to, you know, help someone uh, portion control, but maybe you're doing it at a time where, you know, that person feels attacked or they feel like there's an audience, right? So how, if, if I'm an ally, uh, in supporting someone in their health, weight uh, journey, how can I be an ally to that person um, 
in a way that that may support them. Everyone's going to be different, but what are just some general ways of of thinking and speaking that may support someone who's struggling with their own health and weight journey? First of all, ask the person. Go up to them and say, hey, I know you're struggling and I want to support you. Rather than me put my ideas onto you, you tell me what you need because I've got your back. I'm here for you. Tell me what you need. Now, it might be that they say, look, I need you to check in every day on the phone. Or, you know, they might even say, look, I don't need any support. And you say, well, please don't rob me of that. I care about you a lot. I want to support you no matter how small it is. Tell me what I can do. And, you know, sometimes we don't want to reach out. Just say that a few times. Let them know that you're in their corner, but don't put your ideas of support onto them. Ask them. So, you know, they may say, well, I need you to come shopping with me like my mates do, right? I go straight out and I say, listen, I need a new shirt. I'm not doing it by myself because I know what's going to happen. I'll buy nothing and I'll come home and end up feeling worse about myself. So I know I've got two friends that no matter what, if I try something on, I'm going to hear the truth, whether I like it or not. Sometimes they'll even smack something out of my hand as I take it off the rack and go, no, you don't look good in bright orange. Don't do that. So, you know, really ask that person, but make sure that you are a true support. Don't put your ideas onto that person. Thank you. Thank you for that. I think that that's going to be useful to someone out here. I know it's useful to me. Um, in supporting uh, not just people with health and weight concerns, but just in general, right? Like how do you how do you become or remain a strong ally for someone? And that could be uh, health as it relates to medical. It could also be mental health. It could be emotional health. Um, it could be just, you know, um, getting them to the end of whatever goal they have uh, laid out for themselves, right? Like it's just important to figure out the ways that you can communicate your position as an ally for someone in the ways that they specifically need to be supported, not in the ways that you ultimately want to support them, right? Because being supportive is about the needs of the individual, not necessarily the way that you want to perform your understanding of what they will need, right? You got to listen. All right, so so let's let's kind of go back a bit to um, an earlier uh, point, maybe that we were moving toward uh, as it relates to uh, uh, doctor prescribed stuff versus practitioner prescribed stuff, where practitioner stands in this conversation for someone who is. Um, practicing holistic medicine, right? Um, where do you sit around, uh, at least in the States, not sure about Australia, so I don't want to speak out of turn, but where do you sit around uh, things being uh, labeled as uh, passing some level of a national institution, uh, a seal of approval or testing in order for there to be mass consumption of that item. I don't know what it's called in Australia, so I'm trying to be a little ambiguous with my language. Um, but like here, you know, 
something has to go through the FDA and be FDA approved, right? Food and Drug Administration, right? I'm not sure what that term is in Australia, but what do you feel about things that haven't quite made that kind of testing and um, and it's and its use in holistic approaches? Because I know that there are some things that are useful as holistic medicines, but that aren't necessarily approved by on a national level yeah well here in australia we have the tga but we use a lot of supplements and medications from the us so the fda still is in play okay look without getting us taken off air all i'm going to say is sometimes these approvals can be bought and paid for so if you were to type into a search engine any search engine what was the biggest lawsuit ever handed down? It's going to be a pharmaceuticals company. Okay. That is fact. It's okay. in the search engines. Okay. So FDA and TGA approval sometimes can't be trusted. Okay. So any medication, mainstream medication can have FDA or TGA approval, but you can also Dr. Google yourself on them and there's, pages and pages of nasty side effects. So would I trust a mainstream medicine? Maybe, but I'm going to look up the side effects. And if they're going to create problems worse than what I'm treating, I'm going to be questioning that. Now, for more holistic or more natural supplements, they may not have FDA or TGA approval. Most of them will. Having said that, 98% of them will. There'll be a couple that are kind of new kids on the block or maybe they just didn't receive approval. So I'm going to look at history. Has this been used time eternal? Does it have side effects? I'm going to look at the data behind it. Okay. So we talked about essential oils. Neither the TGA or the FDA are particularly uh, fond of essential oils. They're just not fond of them. But we know essential oils, you know, I mentioned the wise men earlier, essential oils have been used for time eternal. And they don't have nasty side effects. They're from nature. They're natural. Okay? As long as you use those couple of good companies, they're good quality. They're natural. Yeah, so, yeah wait, wait, wait. Just, just, to, just to put context to it, is it because um, not oil... All, not all essential oils are meant to be consumed and or applied to skin. They're just meant to be fragranced. And therefore there's some confusion in, you know, which ones are uh, made for consumption versus which ones are not. Is that really kind of what the issue is? So you have to get good brands that are also consumable to do what we're talking about here versus the ones that may be found on Amazon or eBay or anywhere that may actually be toxic if consumed. Is that the, is that the, the thought here? I'm just trying to sort of get um, why there, there might be this sort of divide in essential oils. Yeah, for sure. Look, that's a big part of it. So not all essential oils are essential oils. You know, some of them are just synthetic rubbish got it so yes but essential oils can't be proven to fix things 
Okay. So this is, you know, a big thing that's been going on here in Australia for quite a while is the TGA won't say essential oils can do this, this, and this. They just won't say it. Like I said, essential oils have been around forever. But the essential oils that you get from the dollar store or the gas station or eBay or Amazon, they are definitely not the essential oils that come from nature. So, yeah, you've really got to look at your source. Got it. All right. So let's talk about sourcing information. So uh, with a lot of, uh, well, in preparation for this episode, I looked up some holistic organic uh processes um specifically i think i got down the rabbit hole of mercury the uses of mercury right and um uh i found that there were a bunch of rating websites or um almost like consumer um approval websites top 10 websites um recommendation websites that also seem like they were the product of the maker of the item and or the industry so how do we differentiate as an audience as a public um sourcing information from places that are going to be objective and non-biased versus these websites that seem to um, you know, sort of on a front end, say that they're there to show some level of, a, of, of rating uh, and or general information, but that are in fact um, produced by the industry and or the maker. So how do, we, how do we start to determine which source is a good source? First of all, you're looking for science, not bought and paid for science, real science. So you want to go to PubMed, you want to go to, you know, WebMD, you want to go to Lancet Journal, you want to look at, is this thing backed up by real science? You know, are there a stack of papers that you can read and bore your brain out by reading about this thing? Because let's face it, these publications and journals can be pretty boring, but they're going to be there with the information, right? Now, you mentioned mercury. Well, first of all, we know that's one of the most toxic heavy metals in the world <laughs> stay away from mercury <laughs> but you know some of these companies do fake some of this these journals these publications don't take their word for it on their website jump into these medical journals they're free on the internet and look up what the information is behind it the real information that's probably key. Look for the real information. Do some detective work. Never put something into your body unless someone can give you real information behind it. Absolutely. So, yeah, on, on the Mercury thing, and I was going to expound upon that a little bit, um, you know, I, I, I didn't understand uh, what Mercury toxicity does and how, um, how available things can have uh, mercury in it and affect you. I didn't know that it caused nervousness, irritability, anxiety. Uh, it affects serotonin. Um, th there's a lot of, of um, effect on the brain that happens 
Uh, and um, and just this idea um, that, uh, you know, that the, the its presence can just really impact your health with something that I really didn't know, right? And, and to your point about water and all that, I was thinking like, hey, is that is that available in the water? Like, are we drinking it and having mercury? And, and literally, literally, I was in the depths of mercury. That sounds like a book. It was in the depths of mercury uh, for about an hour, um, trying to understand um, not only, you know, what it does, but what are some things that, you know, that we can do to combat um, the presence of mercury, um, even at the most, you know, minuscule levels in our everyday um, interactive environment, right? The environments that we engage in. All right. So, yeah, I think that's super important. I think, I think that it's important to get back to the sourcing conversation that we source information from uh, reputable sources. Um, and more specifically, I think, um, to your point, Magic, that we don't just look for the, the top three uh, search engine results, right? That we, that we actually vet the information um, to ensure that the information um, is written um, about by a, a reputable person or group uh, whose data is grounded in scientific discovery, right? Scientific uh, process. I remember the scientific process from being a kid. I promise you guys it works still to today. All right, so let's let's talk about um, the person that like really, really likes this sort of work, that likes the investigative work. They, they're every time something's wrong with their body, their first course is to go to WebMD. How beneficial or problematic is that, in your opinion, Magic, as a first uh, source of information? Like, should we be going to doctors? Should we be going to WebMD first? Like, where should we be going when on the onset of something, right? Like, I see a pimple. It looks dark. I'm trying to figure out if it's cancerous, if it's a pimple, if it's a lesion, um, if it's a sunspot, like if it's a wart, like I'm trying to figure all this stuff out. Should I be going to a dermatologist or seeing my my uh, primary doctor first and then getting a recommendation for a dermatologist? Or should I be sourcing the information um, from WebMD and then making a determination based on all the volume of information that's out there uh, as to what it is? Like what what's my first recourse when I'm concerned about something going on in my body? Wow, <laughs> that's a question, isn't it? So <laughs> I'm not a fan of running to the doctor. Okay. I'm really not. Okay, that's my opinion. I work in natural health. I've been let down by doctors. If, in my opinion, if you go to a doctor, they're probably going to diagnose you with something terrible and freak you out so that they can maybe prescribe something. Not in all cases, not all doctors do that, but just that's my general opinion of feeling. If you doctor Google it yourself, you are going to freak yourself out because you are going to come up with the worst case scenario for that pimple. You are going to pretty much convince yourself you're dying from skin cancer. And that might not be the case. A pimple might just be a pimple. If it's on your body, then it's your liver struggling. So 
you need to seek someone who understands what's behind the pimple on your leg. You know, don't go down the whole, you know, woe is me, I think I'm dying, I've got a pimple and it might be this and it might be that. You're just going to freak yourself out. So really look for someone that can do that detective work for you. Okay, why is that happening? Why is it there? What's behind it? What pathways in the body are behind it? Is it just a blocked sebaceous gland? You know, so a blocked hair follicle. Is it something more? Is it a liver consideration? You need to find the person that's going to do that detective work so that you're not freaking out. Certainly don't Dr. Google it and come up with worst case scenario. All right. So, so what's that person look like? Like, who are they? Who, who, who's the person that can be an advocate for our health? Anyone that's an innate immunity practitioner. So, you know, all of our team at Holistic Natural Health Australia have studied under Dr. Stuart Gillespie from innateimmunity.com. Anyone that's a practitioner of his will be able to jump into root cause. They'll be able to find what is behind the pimple on your leg, right? And they've been trained and they know where the studies on everything are. And this is what they do. They're health detectives. So there's about 100 people worldwide that can do this so far. So you really want to look for someone that is looking for root cause. Pimple is just a symptom. It's not the cause. And is this something that can happen uh, virtually? Yeah, for sure. Most of the innateimmunity.com practitioners are virtual. I know all of our team are. We work with people all around the world. So, you know, you jump over to the website, holisticnaturalhealth.com.au, holistic with a W, and yeah, we treat remotely. So we'll treat via Zoom or via phone because we want to reach as many people as we can in a way that is ethical and sustainable. Cool. So I'm going to do the last pivot before I ask you the final questions uh, for this episode. We've done this for close to an hour. And so it's I think it's been an interesting, great uh, deep dive into just different ideas around health, around weight, around uh, self-perception, around uh, how to uh, approach um, concerns around your health. But I, I want to talk to you about something. And this is, it's, got, it, it's on topic, but it feels a little off topic because it really doesn't have to do with weight or, you know, sourcing information or um, uh, availability of uh, practice. So Magic, what do you think that if um, we didn't um, spend so much time specifically in our development and colonization and industrial period as humans, that we would have more available organic material to treat and support our health? Like, are you of the mindset that, that there would be more or that there is ample enough um, or that, you know, there's still emerging stuff? How do you feel about the, the availability of uh, biological 
organic material to support uh, the scale of the holistic industry? Wow, I'm so glad you asked that. I think as humans, we have devolved. We really have. If you look at gorillas, for example, right, they share 95% of our DNA. They don't run to the store. They don't run to the doctor. They don't create things, you know, artificial things. If they're not feeling well, they're going to eat something. They're going to rub something on their body of the earth, right? And they're not going to get sick like we are. We have devolved. We've become so clever as human beings that we've created all of this artificial stuff that creates more problems. So is there enough organic matter in the world to facilitate healing, to facilitate health? No. Look at how much land we've torn up for our cities. Look at how much land we've torn up for unsustainable agriculture. You know, we're feeding animals that we eat in feedlots where they can't move. Their legs, you know, they can't form their legs properly to walk around. They're wait, not wait, raising wait. them. Yep. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Last time I had this conversation, I was vegan for like six months. Like, and so I want to go down this, but I, I just trigger warning, right? Because if if you if you are sensitive around your proteins, I just want to give a trigger warning to the listeners. I do want you to finish your thought though, because I think it is an important one around um um what we're consuming specifically as it relates to protein. Um and the treatment of animals. So I want you to, to remember and continue that point, but I also want to give a trigger warning because, you know, just kind of throwing it in there and someone not being maybe prepared for it and they're eating lunch right now or dinner and they're looking at the piece of chicken, <laughs> you possibly not, might not want to eat it after you hear these next thoughts, but please continue magic. Yes, sorry about that trigger no warning. Trigger warning. You might feel a way about this. <laughs> so you want the animals that you're consuming to be grazing amongst the, the base of the forests, you know, where they can eat some minerals, they'll eat some dirt, they'll pull some, some natural grasses up, not, you know, man-cultured grasses. And you want them kind of rubbing on the trees and nibbling on the bark. And you want them keeping the forests alive by keeping the undergrowth down. That's what and grazing animals are supposed to be doing. Second trigger warning, are the veggies on your plate going to help you? Because you know what? If they're grown in lines in the same soil all the time and they're fed synthetic fertilizers and they're sprayed with pesticides, they're probably not going to be healthy for you. Right, But back in the day when we used no-till gardening, when we used permaculture principles, and, you know, there's a big movement back to that now, thank goodness. But, you know, veggies were, or crops were circulated. They were rotated. And in between, you'd let the chickens and the ducks and the, the goats graze and tear things up and, you know, re-sow things because then they'd, they'd poop and they'd poop with a seed in in natural fertilizer and so things would self-sow and we're really not doing that now we're going on mass scale production and when you do that you miss the nutrients so you know is there enough organic stuff and organic matter no there's not we really need to 
I guess, go back in time now and fix the things? Because as I said, we have devolved, not evolved. Got it. All right. So we are at the close of the episode. Uh, there are uh, two questions that I ask of uh, everyone um, that uh, joins as a guest for the podcast. Uh, the two questions are pretty simple. Um, so I'm going to ask you for the first time ever on Man versus Brand for three things. All right, so I'm going to ask you the two questions that I typically ask everyone. Then I'm going to ask you a third question as a bonus question. Maybe this isn't my first time. I feel like I might have asked a bonus question before. Um, and then I'm going to ask you to provide us with um, all of the ways that we can uh, engage in your content, whether it be the podcast and or your company. All right, so first question, Magic, is... What's one thing on any streaming platform available? And I ask streaming platform just for calls like this, where um, you know uh, we we may not necessarily have the same channels, have the same programming, but typically ish on streaming platforms, things tend to be a little bit more programmatic and a little bit more um, similar in their offerings, right? So on any streaming platform, what's something recently that you've watched? that you really, really enjoyed? Wow. Okay. I'm kind of turning into a bit of a full-on organic hippie, in case you hadn't noticed that from what I've said. No, no worries. Uh, I really love, um, there's like a, a YouTube channel and it's about living in tiny houses. That's amazing. All right. What's the YouTube channel? Oh, from the top of my head, I think it's living big in a tiny home, but it might not be that. It's just what my brain says it is. Um, I'm studying permaculture and my instructor was actually featured on it. So that's how I got on it. Um, and it's just quite fascinating, really. All right. So I just looked it up. There is a YouTube channel called Living Big in a Tiny House. It's called Living Big in a Tiny House. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes. It has about 4.3 million videos in the last one. Um, it seems like it's really cool. So check it out. Look up Living Big in a Tiny Home, Living Big in a Tiny House, and find that on YouTube. All right, cool. My second question, Magic, is uh, what's something that you thoroughly enjoy on any streaming platform that uh, people would be surprised to find out that you really liked, right? Like if I took a poll of folks that know you and I asked them like, what does she really enjoy? What's something that you thoroughly enjoy that people may not necessarily associate with you? Oh, guilty pleasure moment. I love it. Um, Stranger Things. My kids got me onto it. I'm obsessed. <laughs> All right. I'm, I am here for Stranger Things. Um, uh, recent episode, I think season four just came out. Season five is supposed to drop, I believe July 4th. Um, and so, yeah, man, those kids in that town, well, they're no longer really in that town anymore, but those kids and adults in Russia, <laughs> maybe like LA and possibly wherever they started at. Right. So those kids are great. The Duffer brothers are great. 
cool. I'm down. Hey, for hey look, just just on that, I have to say, yep. I've been trying to get my kids to listen to Kate Bush forever, and now they're like, "Mom, there's this this artist, and she's so good." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know. I've been telling you for 20 years." That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, because that that's like one of the big scenes of um, season four. Spoiler warning: there is a, a big scene that features uh, Kate Bush. But yeah, that 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 scene is spec spectacular spectacular just phenomenal isn't it yeah the music the musical score the importance and relevance of the music um the the cgi during that scene um the intensity the stakes everything works in a way that you it's almost impossible to walk away from watching that scene and not want to find out more about that song totally and you know what we have to watch it twice here because the first time we watch it together, I'm singing all the songs as they come up because I'm of the 80s. Yep. And then we have to watch it again for the story because no one can hear anything <laughs> over my singing. So sorry, boys, but that's the way it goes. That's pretty amazing. That is actually amazing. Um, so last question is, you know, it may, maybe this is, uh, maybe this is a platform, you know, streaming platform, and it's something that's come out on like a Netflix, uh, Amazon, you know, something like that, or it might be a book, you know, what's, what's one thing that maybe folks should read or watch um, that can give them information like what we've discussed today? Like what's a, what's a, what's a, maybe a documentary that you've seen, uh, programming that you've watched, maybe a YouTube channel that's sort of important, or maybe even a book that you've read that you consistently find yourself referencing that that can that can delve into topics similar to what we've talked about today wow look there's there's just so many but you know i love dr eric berg on youtube because he talks about functional health functional medicine you know he really gets to the bottom of things and he draws things out in mind maps or like on a board as he's talking and so, yeah, he talks about, you know, healing and about conditions and what's behind them. And I just think he's fantastic. Got it. Um, I, I want to, I want to wrap this up by giving an opportunity to uh, let folks know how to engage in your content, but there's one more thing. Jesus Christ, there's one more thing. Um, what's your feelings around keto and intermittent fasting. I almost feel like I can't close this episode without touching on those two things. And I feel like people will kill me if I let you leave and not have that very brief conversation. What's your feelings around keto and what's your feelings around intermittent fasting? My feelings around them, I love them, but they're not for everyone. So keto is great for a lot of people, but it doesn't work for some people. You really need your natural health practitioner to work out, you know, what kind of immune system you're dealing with, what your adrenals are doing. You know, maybe there's some uh, gram-negative bacteria that maybe a high-fat diet won't be great for. So, you know, that you've got to do that. Intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating, as I prefer to call it, you know, that works for a lot of people. But if you've got like sympathetic dominance, so your nervous system is kind of in fight flight 24 seven, 
maybe it's not going to be the thing for you. If you've got cortisol waiting response, maybe it's not the thing for you. You're kind of going to have to eat in the morning. So it's really up to what's going on in your body, your individual needs. But look, I love both of them as a principle. I actually use both of them myself, but they're not for everyone. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for that clarity. All right. So I got all the questions that I'm interested in asking. Uh, So let's talk about you. So if someone is interested in engaging in your content, right, they want to find out more about the company, about um, how you can support them holistically, and they want to listen to the podcast, uh, where can they find you? Where can they engage in your content? So the podcast, A Magical Life, Health, Wealth, and Weight Loss, jump on to all your major streaming channels and search it up. Uh, You can find out more about my company and what my practitioners are doing at holistic with a W naturalhealth.com.au. We're also on Instagram, holistic natural health, and we're on Facebook, holistic natural health Australia. Thank you for that. Hello? Yep. Hey, all right. So uh, finally, let me do one more thing. I want you to give a shout out, right? We talked about your family, but we didn't really give them names. So before we go, give a shout out to your kids. Okay, shout out to Drake and Ari. They're my little soul soldiers and not so little now. They're 20 and 23, but yeah, no, they're, they're my wolf pack. Amazing. All right, cool. So that is our episode. I'm Dion Brown. This is Man Versus Brand. We're so fortunate to have Magic on this episode and we are so, so happy to find out more information, right? We've talked about uh, holistic items that you should have in your home. We talked about supporting someone uh, who may be uh, experiencing health and weight concerns. We talked about how to support your own uh, healthy habits and outlook as it relates to your body. Uh, We talked about um, why we should be applying holistic methods in our life, uh, the ways in which we should approach uh, diagnosis and receiving diagnosis, right? Uh, We wanna support being investigative in our approach. So I am so happy. I hope you guys appreciated this episode for everything that it provided. Um, We're gonna stay on this track around um, uh, holistic, uh, organic, uh, natural ways of addressing some of our concerns. We know that there's a lot of information in what Magic calls mainstream medicine. Uh, and, and, you know, there, there's some people that are genuinely interested in finding out some alternative options. So thank you. Thank you, Magic, so much for providing us with the information that you have today. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. I really, really hope you're having a great week. Love you guys. Can't wait to talk to you soon. Bye. If this talk just resonated with you or could help someone you know, follow Dion or his guest on all social media platforms. Till next time. And remember, with any business or brand, give it to your heart, make it real, or else forget about it. See you all soon.